So continuing in the sieve Yiras Hashem, the sieve of all of heaven, all Hashem. Perik Einomdun says the Gemara in Brachos. Ama Rebbe Chanina, Hakol Bidei Shemaim Chutzmi Yiras Shemaim. Everything is in the hands of heaven, except for the awe of heaven. Shneimar, like the like the Torah says, Vatai Yisrael, Ma Hashem Elokecha Shoel Mimcha. What is it Hashem asks of you already? Tiim liyira oso, just to have all of Him. I'll, I'll read the whole Gemara. There's a lot to unpack over here. It's a really, really key Gemara, key to so much of life over here. So we we'll read the, read the whole thing. And we'll go back. Don't, don't worry if you don't pick up all the details right away. Says the Gemara. So again, so Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jewish people, and now Israel, what does Hashem ask of you? But to fear him. Just one thing, just to fear him. Now the Gemara picks up on the kiim, on the just, on the just part. Because if I say, look, all I'm asking for from you is, is just to do this thing. What's the implication of that? I'm asking a lot or I'm asking a little? I'm asking a little. Says the Gemara, Atu Yira Milsa Zutra Sihi. Is the awe of heaven? Mish, do you scoot down a little bit this way? Is the is the awe of heaven a trivial matter? Is it a small matter? Is it a pe- petty matter? You should say that that's what. That's just that's all I should ask of you. It's just this one thing to have awe of him. Is it a small matter? Vahama Rebbe Chanina, Mishum Rebbe Shimon Ben Yochai. A drasha from Rishim by Yochai, Ein la Kodesh Baruch Hu bebeis Gnozov, Ela Otsir Shel Yira Shemaim. Hashem has His treasure house filled with all the most incredible stuff. Doesn't mean diamonds and and uh, gold, right? Rather, what does it mean? It means the things that are most precious to Hashem. What is it filled with? What's in that treasure house? Yira Shemaim. Yira Shemaim. Is it Gemara in Brachas? Aflama Gimel Amud Beis. Where does Rabbi Shimon Darshan this from? Shneimar, like the pasuk says, Yiras Hashem He Otsro. The awe of Hashem, it is His storage house. So the whole storage house is filled with nothing but Yira Shemaim. So Rabbi Shimon says. So, so how can you say that it's such a small thing when it's obviously so valuable? So the Gemara answers in yes, Legabi Moshe Milsa Zutrasahi. Compared to Moshe Rabbeinu, for Moshe Rabbeinu, for Moshe Rabbeinu, Yira Shemaim is a small thing. Now, what do you find difficult about that answer? Right, you're talking to a closer, you're not talking to Moshe, right? Very good. So the Gemara follows it up with an analogy 
to help you understand what the answer. Marshall. It's an analogy. Someone asks on someone a large vessel and he has it in possession. So it appears to him like a small thing. Sure, no problem. You can borrow that thing. I don't care. It's not, not, not a big, I'm not using it right now. Right? The ain low, whereas a cotton, but if they, borrow, if they ask from him to borrow a small vessel, but he doesn't have it, it appears to him like a very big thing. First of all, just a real life analogy, right? So there's this beautiful thing they have in Israel. I think they have it a little bit here also. Gmach, right? Gmach is there's certain things that when you need it, you need it, and you got to buy it, and it's expensive. And then you're done using it. That's it. Like you know, you, you don't have any more use for it. Maybe you will, at some folding point. Chairs. What? Folding chairs. Folding chairs. I'm so because everybody wants folding chairs. The rest of the year, uh, who, you know, it's, uh, they're lying around. Hey, can I borrow ten folding chairs? Sure, no problem. You can borrow them, right? But but if you don't have chairs, if you don't have chairs, it's a disaster. You can't you can't have your you can't have your meal. Right? But if you have the spare folding chairs, it's not a big deal to let someone borrow it. Okay, we'll, we'll work on this, but that, that's what that's what the Gemara is saying. Okay, so really, there's two things to understand over here. Um, first of all, what does it mean? Everything is in the hands of heaven except for the awe of heaven means that's the only thing we do all, all I'm supposed to be doing is just having Yerushalayim and nothing else so Gemara in the first paragraph of Bracha says someone who um, benefits from the work of his hands from the toil of his hands is is greater than the Yerushalayim than the person who has all of heaven why? so the Ramchal the Gro. Others explain that it means someone who comes to the next world and is able to benefit in the next world from the work of his own hands means he did good things. He did mitzvahs, he learned Torah, he did lots of good things. That's better than just someone who's a Yerushalayim. What's Yerushalayim mean? Yerushalayim means you recognize it's all from Hashem. So if that's all you are, you just recognize it's all from Hashem, so what do you do? You sit back and you say, Hashem's in charge. It's all in his hands. I can't do anything. So it's a, it's a level, and that person will have Hashem will take care of him actually in this world. But he's gonna get to the next world. Hashem's gonna tell him, why didn't you why didn't you go out? Why didn't you serve me? Why didn't you do things? Yeah, that's so. What exactly does our Gemara mean? Hakol Everything is in the hands of heaven except for the all of heaven. Seemingly we have a lot more in our hands, don't we? We, we, we Am I going to become a, a Tamil Chacham? Am I going to become a, a, a Tzadik? Am I going to become a Chassid? Am I going to, uh, am I going to overcome my Midos? Am I going to change my Midos? Right? There's lots and lots of things. So that, that's the one question we have to address in this Gemara. And then the other one, of course, is this uh, strange statement that Yerushalayim is a small matter. On the one hand, it's a very valuable thing, 
On the other hand, it's a small matter, and we have this analogy with the vessels, with the, with the implements. If you have the implement, and it's not a big deal for you to lend it, but if you don't have the implement, then it seems like a really big deal. Okay? So, says the morale, Rabim hifligu lahakshos Many have asked many, many, raised many difficulties with this statement of Chazal. Uh, so he'll list some of them. Arishan, Lama Yir Shemaim Beprat Einu Bidei Shemaim. Why is this the only thing that is not in the hands of heaven? Everything else in the hands of heaven. The only thing that's not in the hands of heaven is Yir Shemaim. What happened? Hashem ran out of, ran out of steam at the very end. What's that? What is? It's Okay. It's not someone, it's not just, heaven can't tell you, like, it says everything's in the hands of heaven. I mean, like you said, like, there's the person who sits back and says, I'm out of, you know, everything's already dictated, it's out of my control. But you can control it. It's something you can control, like what you think. What drives you, what you revere. That's not something that. That would be my guess. That that's not no, something no, you're going like in the right direction. You're right to be. If Hashem gave you the level of fear of Hashem, that'd be the one thing you have to do. Why? Why does that have to be the one thing that you have to do? Because, because it's like. Yeah. Interchangeable. You mean opposites? Okay, but how can you command somebody to love you? Right? I command you to love peas. If you don't like peas, you don't like peas. I can't command you to like peas, right? Okay, you can. Ca- you can command me to work on to work on. So you're saying there's no commandment to love Hashem? One of the six commandments is to love Hashem. My years of Hashem. Hashem was in control of Hashem. That's the one thing that you got to prove to God. Why? Why is that the one thing? I'll leave it to the other guys. Oh, okay, okay. I don't want to steal the show. Okay. Okay, so listen, it's, it's, these are these are big questions. These are, you know, these are uh, questions that many great thinkers have asked. So the morale is going to unlock this chazal. is going to... Answer it all very nicely, but uh, it's uh, something. something the owner is going to agree with it. Explain it. Argue with what? The Maharal is going to say everything is in the hand of Hashem. I think Gemara says it. I think Gemara says it. Yeah, the Maharal is going to go with, with with what the sages say. He's a he's a big fan, big fan of 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 uh, Chazal. He, his whole like for the morale, In fact, it was uh, yesterday. Apparently, was was the Maharal's yurt site is. Anniversary since he passed in this world. So, if one had to summarize the entire all, all the teachings of the morale, it was to show us the depth and the wisdom of the words of Chazal. That's really uh, we have the Gurari say they're learning in after Shakras, right? And uh, usually he's defending Rashi, right? But uh, we saw already a couple of times where if Rashi either says not like Chazal. Or he misrepresents Chazal a little bit. You mean the Maral or the Ramban? Others say that actually Chazal meant something else. Then the Maral will argue on Rashi, right? Because ultimately his allegiance is to Chazal. That's so he's for sure going to go with his Gemara. He's going to open it up in an incredible way. Okay. So uh, that's the first question. Why is specifically this thing is the one that is not in the hands of heaven? Everything else is. This one's not. Oh, Ma'ashamar Kibene Moshe. 
וכי בשביל שבין אמושה מוזו זוטרסה גיאו אמושה ואתה יסו just because to Moshe appears small so again so we gave you an analogy what you have a car it's not a big deal to let to lend out the car okay fine but I don't have a car so it's so what is your mask of me already just get a car I, I, I can't it's very expensive right it's hard to get yeah so just because a rich guy for some reason tends to not think it's very valuable doesn't help me the poor guy so that was a question we already asked Okay, those are the two questions we want to address. The first half of itself, uh, and then the second part of calling your Shemaim small. Okay, pure Shemaim Razem. Ve'im Kiyadavar Hazeh. Amuk Me'od. Even though this is a very deep matter, so the morale, the moment he's saying it, you know he's telling you that there's deep Kabbalistic principles here. But nonetheless, I'm going to explain it. In order to explain the words of the Chachamim, people shouldn't think that the Chachamim say things that are silly. So we defined already. Yemiah, what's your Shemaim? The recognition of the profound gap between you and Hashem. Perfect. Hashem being the giver and you being the recipient. That's the words. Alul is the recipient. Elah is the giver. Or if you want to, you can use the Hebrew terms. Mashpia makabel, the giver, the recipient. Okay, that's the more Kabbalistic terms that are used that are nowadays. That uh, that terminology has been popularized. Okay. Ubamasha odam hu alul eno nishav luklum. To the extent that a man is a recipient, so he is relatively speaking, he is nothing. Because really he's just a, de- a dependent, right? reason why in, te- in your taxes you can write off your kids is because they don't really have an independent existence as far as the government is concerned, right? It's all coming from you. It's all your money, ultimately, right? So if we are dependents on Hashem, so then really we're just some sort of an appendage, uh, some sort of an extension of Hashem not having independent existence. And now here comes the incredible one. Hashem cannot say that to us. Being the creator, being the giver, being the father, He cannot say to us. He created us. And brought us into existence. So for Him, to relate to us, to imbue into us the feeling of smallness and nothingness is antithetical to the entire process of creation. I mean, the whole point of what Hashem is doing with the creation is giving us existence, is imbuing us with existence, empowering us, etc. Right? So, for that it should be hardwired into that, the, the, the recognition of our smallness and our nothingness would be antithetical to the entire process of creation. And therefore that's the one thing 
it had to be left up to us. I mean, it's up to us to recognize our puny significance compared to Hashem. Because Hashem, everything He does, on the contrary, I created the whole world for you. You're the center of everything. He's showering us with goodness. And, and, and Hashem is, is like, it's like a, a father with a child, right? Oh, uh, Bruce gave me, gave me a good analogy that uh, you, you had some employees that you really built them up like, wow, you guys are doing like the most incredible job over here, right? And then they like try to like blackmail you from one year or whatever it is and like <laughs> all sorts of stuff. And you're like, and you're like what are they doing? Like, I, I'm, I'm like running the whole place over here and I'm, I'm just trying to build them up, right? But so what's a good relationship? What's a good, what would have been a good relationship? Is you building them up, but they are recognizing they really, you're the best CEO in the world, right? And, and the, what? And they have a royal, and they have a loyalty because they know they're really, they're nothing without you. That's, then you would, have, you would have probably given them 10 times what they asked for, right? But the point is, okay. But but the point is that, that if, you know, uh, it's actually, I, I was just talking to somebody about, uh, now, give an analogy for Misha, and I gave an analogy to the business, now I'll give a chess analogy. Is when I play with against when I play chess against my girls, so I, I try to let them win. You know, I try to let them kind of get you know, show them how good they are, etc. But then if they start saying like, "Oh, like Abba, like I I I already beat you last time. Like I'm like so much better than you." Like, and I'm like, "What? <laughs> you're, you're 11 years old." Yeah. So, so so the point is that the, the name of the game is Hashem. Is building us up. He's drawing all that we're in the center of the entire universe. We're, and Hashem, is, it's all about us, etc. But the one thing that Hashem left up to us is the recognition of our puniness, our smallness compared to Hashem. If God said, You're so small, you owe, every, I, you owe everything to me. That's right. I'm the greatest. That's right. Because if I said that to my son, That'd be terrible. Right, why? Because you're the whole point of what you're trying to do... I didn't choose to be here. More important, you're trying to build him up to yeah. something, right? Yeah. So, you're a you're creator. Creator means you took him from a state of being nothing, right? Mm -hmm. And you're And you're trying to grow him into as great of a person as he can be, right? Mm -hmm. So for you to start crushing him sure. is antithetical sure. to the process of being a father. Right. That's what Tamar is saying here. The being that Hashem is the creator. He's the giver. So everything, whatever you give to someone, you're trying to make them bigger. By giving to them, you're making them bigger. But they need to recognize, oh, I have to be constantly getting. If I'm, if I'm constantly getting from my father, it means he's really big and I'm really small. Right? So that, that's the one thing that Hashem wouldn't be willing to do because it would be antithetical to being the creator of us. Okay? Willing to... What? Be willing to, give to, to, diminish, to diminish our existence. I mean, right. when, when someone recognizes their smallness, it's, it's a certain death, it's a certain diminution of existence. Revolve used to say that if, if when you say Kriyashma, when you say Shema, and you get to the word Echad, the Hashem is one, which means, Ramchal, Maral, others explain that Hashem is one means there's not, really nothing else. On a certain level, on a true, true level, 
There's really nothing except for that. When you get, so what will be able to say, when you say Shema and you declare that, if it doesn't hurt a little bit, then you're not doing it right. Because it's a little bit of a diminution of my existence. It's, it's like a little death, right? When we die, we say Kriyashma. But really, like the, like the Derek Hashem says, every time that you say Shema, you're supposed to be thinking, when you say the word Echad, you're supposed to be thinking about giving up your life to Hashem in all four forms of death, of, uh, of skila, of stoning, um, sword, fire, and, uh, and uh, strangulation. Right? So, why? What's the kind of, I mean, I mean, it's a nice thing. Because if I was in a situ- situ- situation, then I should say Shema when, when I'm that. It's more than that. Because really, when you say Shema, you're doing the same thing in concept. You are recognizing the absoluteness of Hashem's existence and the relative non-existence of yourself. And that hurts. That's supposed to hurt. Why do you pick the four things that you're punished for? Those are the four fundamental deaths. Those are four fundamental deaths, like four types of death. Other other forms of death would just be spin-offs of those deaths. Not not to say that that I don't deserve life, but to say that relative to the absolute existence of Hashem, then uh, my my that I don't exist compared to that, right? And therefore, if I was forced to choose between desecrating Hashem's name, let's say, or giving up my life for the uh, glorification of Hashem's name, then that's actually a greater existence. We'll have to put it onto the side. That's a discussion in uh, Nesiv Avas Hashem, that when a, when a person gives up his life, Rabbi Akiva giving up his life for the, for the sanctification of Hashem's name, that's but again, just the point being that there's a certain level of self-diminution when you recognize the vastness, the, inf- the infiniteness, the, the perfection of Hashem's existence and the relative puniness of our own existence, that hurts. That's, I, I, it's, it's a miniature death. So Hashem, who is the one who gives us life, wouldn't be imbuing into us death. Everything Hashem can imbue into you. But this one thing, Hashem is not going to imbue into you. That you, have to, that you have to do yourself. Does that make sense? Okay. So now we can go home. Yeah. Because uh, it's supposed to, it's supposed to take an hour, but you guys caught on very quick. No, but we have the other half still. Okay. Uh, God forbid that Hashem should do that. That Hashem should send to us. Imagine what that would be. Hashem sends it to you, and you feel you're trembling, and you realize that this is being sent to me by Hashem. So He's trying to terrify me. He's trying to. He's trying to diminish me. He's trying to kill me. That would be, you know, a, a terrible world to live in. Whereas. If you imagine the most magnim- magnanimous, 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 kind, powerful king, and he's so mighty and so wise and everything that you you, you can't even approach. But but he brings you over. He, 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 he 
sits you next to him and he's treating you as if you're great. You rec you yourself are recognizing your relative insignificance. That's a good feeling. It's like, wow, I'm so insignificant. And yet, like, he is treating me as if I'm some, something kosher. That, that's a beautiful thing. Right? That's a beautiful relationship. But if he himself is, who do you think you are? <laughs> okay, so I'll just run away or whatever. So if you don't want me here, so what'd you create me for anyway? Right? Shem does do a lot of things that might seem unpleasant to us. Why is this, why is this the line? This, this, the, the things that might seem unpleasant um, are not here this is fundamentally antithetical to the, the, ro the roles are he's the creator we're the created for the creator to do to, to be uh, in charge to be doing the act of diminution of existence of the very thing that he is increasing its existence, that's antithetical. Everything else might, in a particular circumstance, in a particular situation, appear to us, you know, to be that way or whatever it is, right? But it's not. It's not definitionally like that. Here, this is a what's called a stereomineubia, right? It's an internal contradiction that the creator should, who is, who is. Um, growing the thing, right, should be suppressing the thing. You compare it to like death, but death itself comes from Hashem. Does it? So you have to add that to the list of things that are puts. Man, man, uh, man chose sin, right? Yeah, so we're talking about the things that Hashem sends to us. Yeah. So we can certainly cut ourselves off and not receive certain things, such as life. Right. But not. But, but that, that's not a positive thing that Hashem is sending to us. Okay. Um, or true in its greatest sense is when a person recognizes his own non-existence. Nothingness. In comparison to Hashem, like he's been explained. It would be like a self-insult. I created a nothing. Right? It would be Hashem. Hashem created a nothing. Okay. That just means you're a very bad creator, I guess. Right? If you created a nothing. Yeah. But He is the source of all existence. That can't be. Hashem may misumachaye. And even though it says, like Yirmiyahu said, that Hashem does kill, so, so you see that he is, there is coming from him non-existence. That just means he takes away. He just holds back life. Yeah? Whereas Yirmiyahu would be an actual positive infusion of something which diminishes existence. Bishvil Kato, and this is he's doing. He's holding it back. Why? 
because of our sins. Whereas Yishamayim would be that Hashem was just infusing it, just like He sends you blessing, just like He sends you health, He sends you wisdom, He sends you something that will cause you to just turn inwards and collapse. Yeah? So that's, that's the person's uh, the person's sin, Hashem holds back life, and then the person dies. That's that's a different thing. Avalomarshi, yeah. But to say that Hashem is going to actually send us positively, send us an influence of diminution, that's uh, Yira is the recognition of that I am a recipient. That would never come from the giver. Uh, by the way, another another nice analogy is the because um, I'll say one of the most intolerable things for people is you have like a, a, a pauper who's haughty. When someone comes to your house and asking you for for money for help, and then he's acting such an attitude that like, just like. I mean, I, I want to do the mitzvah, I want to give you, but like, you, you're, you're making it very hard for me, right? So, so if we would be, so uh, the point is, it's the job of the recipient. But on the other hand, if you're the giver and you're going to be like, start putting the guy down and be like, do you know, you're a pauper, like, uh, you're leaving off of my day. Like, so you're killing the guy, you're giving him a check, but you're killing him at the same time. That's, that's an internal contradiction, you can't do that either, right? So the way that it ought to be is, I give you, I give you the smile, I, wow, you're in good, thank you for coming to me, please come next year again, right, because you want to make the person feel good. But in the hand, it's up to him to recognize and be humble and to recognize that, that you're doing him a favor. Understand? Um, so the header the, the destruction cannot come from the hand of the Creator. The truth is, this is uh, actually much deeper than this. Um, so therefore, all is not does not come from Hashem. He's a creator, so he created something. If he's a creator, he created something. So that something is actually very kosher. So everything Hashem is always doing is always to stress our kashivas. That's what he's always sending to us. That's why the only thing that's, up to, that's not in Hashem's hands is our recognition of how dependent we are on Hashem and how much of a divide, how much of a gap there is between us if you have any intellect to yourself please spend a little bit of time thinking about this because it's important that's what the model just said to you okay but and these are things that the person need to roll around in their mind you know to kind of feel feel around take some time out you know go somewhere quiet and you kind of introspect on that, right? Reflect on that. 
Man is a created being. Man is a recipient. But, but that's from my perspective. Hashem's perspective is not that. Hashem's perspective is Hashem calls us um, my my child, my 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 twin, right? And then the Ramban brings a midrash pella that even uh, the, 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 sorry, my, my my twin, my my wife, right? And the Ramban brings a midrash pella that somehow or another, even my mother. The, the point is, Hashem is always coming to be Mashiv Klausel, to give us a greater significance. So it's impossible that it should come from Hashem. Okay. Um, Now, just to bring it, bring out a, 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 very, a very practical point, we said, wait a second, but, okay, you're, you're incredible, you're Shemayim, but who's going to come in and, uh, who's going to come in and learn and work hard in the base Midrash? Who's going to go and do the mitzvahs? Who's going to work on their midos? Oh, Hashem will take care of that for you? Yeah. Answer is, if I have your Shemayim, I acknowledge, I recognize Hashem, as the source of all goodness, like we said last time, that's the equivalent of bringing up a vessel to someone who has, you know, Hashem is sitting there with all the incredible bottles of wine and, you know, uh, delicious things and whatever, right? But if you're empty-handed, he can't, he can't give it to you, you don't have a vessel to receive it. The vessel is the recognition that Hashem is the giver and I'm the recipient. When I recognize, I open myself up to receiving. Okay? Now, once I open myself up to receiving, Hashem begins to send that flow. But I still have to actualize the flow. Right? I still have to actually go and work. still have to actually go and do the mitzvah. still have to learn, etc. But everything else, if Hashem, is, if Hashem wouldn't give it to you, you couldn't be successful. So Hashem will help you to succeed in whatever venture you go on, if you have your Shemaim. Right, so your Shemaim is the is the vessel. Then, whether it be that you're seeking chokhmah, so Hashem will give you chokhmah. You're seeking, but, but but obviously you have to you have to do the hishtadlus. Not coming to negate hishtadlus, but when you do your hishtadlus, the chokhmah that you get is coming from whom? You're not creating it. You're not creating that wisdom. You're getting it from Hashem. When you do ishtadlus in the business world and you get wealth, who's, who's making that wealth? It's from Hashem. Right? But the difference is that with your Shamaim, that I have to do all on my own. Hashem is not going to give me anything. With the other things, I do the movements, right? I bring the vessel and Hashem pours it in. Yes, Gaffer. Um, I. I I've always sort of struggled with this idea that I, surely, we are the ones who are bringing the vessel to receive goodness, but we also are the ones who God is in our goodness positions where we have the access to understand these things, whereas other people might not. So the privilege. Okay. So how do you reconcile um, that you have the opportunity that some
Um, Hashem puts different people into different circumstances because He wants each one to do different jobs. Right, this one's going to be born the son of a billionaire. This one's going to be this, born the son of Talmud Chacham. Like the Derek Hashem says that depending on what you, what your role in life is meant to be, uh, everything else will be organized accordingly. Remember, we're not, uh, it's not about the results. Lo right? ben right? But you're not, you not, you can't just say, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing, right? So we have to exert ourselves, we have to try. The results are in Hashem's hands. Okay. So, um, that is step number one. So when we say, the, the running analogy, like the Gemara itself gives us, the analogy for Yerushalayim is what? A vessel. A vessel. So vessel, let me ask you a question. If, if you are uh, very hungry and you find that you have a $200 beautiful serving dish, do you have something? No, nothing. This thing is worthless. It's worthless. I want food. I'm hungry. Right? Okay. But if you do have food, but you don't have a serving dish, so you have no way to get the food to your guests or whatever it is, right? So the vessel is a way to be able to get all those other things. So you're a Shamayim. We're going to see that's the storage house for all the good things. That's what the Gemara calls the storage house. Yeah? It's the vessel for containing whatever good thing out there that you want, whether it be wisdom, whether it be wealth, whether it be... All those things are coming from Hashem. Yerushalayim is the vessel that I, pre- that I present to Hashem. So now, let me ask you a question. I have a vessel. Uh... We had we had this we we here um, I think it was four years ago. So one of our great friends I don't know if you would want the name on here brought a very expensive bottle of wine. I think he said it was uh, it is the most expensive bottle of kosher wine for sale. Okay, called the Cave. It's like this giant bottle this big, and it, like they put like cement over the top of it. You were here for that. Uh, Apparently it sits for a very, very long period of time, whatever, okay. So, opens it up, the cork like got like cemented and it became impossible to open, the point is, okay. So, you have this multi-thousand dollar bottle of kosher wine that's been standing around like for who knows how many years. No way to access it. So no problem. So we've just been learning Perak Chavos, Chavos and Shabbos, right? Where they talk about that if you have such a situation, so you can on Shabbos you can just take out a sword and just chop off the top of the of the of the Chavos, right? So we didn't have a sword handy, but we did have a side of the of the building take around the back, smacked the bottleneck against the side, snapped off. But okay, there was a it was a concern. You know, maybe there's glass inside there. So we put it through a filter into the only bottle big enough to contain so such giant bottle, right? So we only had one bottle that was big enough to contain such a thing. That was a uh, one of these big water bottles. Uh, what? What? 
evergreen or whatever, like a no, but the real cheap, like the like these big bottles with a handle. You know what I'm talking about? What? Yeah, just like a gallon bucket. Yeah, like a gallon, like yeah. So, so we pour this wine in it. So this is poor, so it's incredible. So the wine was wearing a costume, right? But the point is, you have, you have this extremely good wine in this embarrassing vessel, right? That, so that's not, you can't do that. Nobody would ever sell a thousand dollar wine in a plastic bottle, right? So you gotta have a kosher bottle. But, so, so, so you have the super kosher bottle. Right? So it won't be bad. But once you finish drinking the bottle, what do you do with the bottle? You toss it. What do you mean? But the, the thing is, the bottle probably itself costs $100, right? But okay, so what are you going to do with it? I mean, it's finished. Right? So you throw it. So the point is that the vessel, the whole value of the vessel is only to the extent that it contains the, the, the other thing in it. Right, but 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 the vessel is all right. If I'm thirsty and you give me this incredible empty bottle, I don't want it. Right, I, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. Whatever it is, right. So so it's a musozutrus. It's a small matter. I mean, if you have the if you have the vessel, the vessel is a hechitinsa. It's something to facilitate to be able to have the things that the vessel is used to contain, right? So if you don't have it, then you're stuck and you're like, oh man, like I, I so desperately need a bucket, you know, like I have a well and I want the water, I don't have a bucket, like if you don't have a bucket, what are you supposed to do? I mean, you can't like reach down into the well, right? You have no way to get the water, right? So you need the bucket. So. So on the one, so you think the bucket is the most valuable thing in the world, but when you have a bucket, the bucket is nothing. The bucket is just a way to get the water out. Okay, so that is what Moshe Rabbeinu is telling Klaus. Moshe is telling us the correct way to look at it. Now, where we are today, your Shemaim is super duper important. Okay, I'm giving you foreshadowing what he's gonna say. Okay, so your Shemaim is very very important when you don't have. It. But when you have it, it gets lost in the wine. I mean to say the, the, the vessel becomes bottle to the wine, becomes secondary to the wine, right? That, that, that is contained in it. So Moshe Bezik, he had the vessel. And inside that vessel was contained Torah and you know kindness and, and tikunamidos and and uh, beautiful deeds and and uh, all the other incredible things shame tov and ein tov and leiv tov and and uh, uh, avas reya all sorts of great things so the year shemaim is just listen all Hashem wants is just to bring a bottle so he says just bring the bottle just bring the the container Okay. So like, let, so I, don't, I don't completely understand the, uh, the wine analogy to Russia. If I say to you, I've got this incredible wine at my house, you come, you, you bring a cup or a bottle or, or a container of some sort, I'll fill it up for you. Right? I'm giving, I'm giving you the most, the, the super valuable thing. Only thing I'm asking you to do is to bring the, is to bring the container. 
Right. So, so Moshe, Moshe had Yerushalayim. Now, being a year, Moshe already had the Yerushalayim. So and not only he had the container, Yerushalayim was the, the container. container. Yeah. Not only he had the container, container for the best but it was also filled already with the good stuff. So when you look, at, if if you if you look at buy an expensive bottle of wine, you look at it. What do you say? Do you say I have here wine and a bottle, or do you say I have wine? Hey, can you bring some wine? Yeah, here's wine. I got the wine, right? You might say I have a bottle of wine just to differentiate from a cup of wine, but you're not. What you don't mean is I brought two things. I brought a bottle and I brought wine. You don't say that, right? You, you when you buy wine, they give you the bottle for free in the store, right? Why? Because the, the bottle is Unless is a deposit. Well, like, for in, like in California or something, yeah. Uh, right? And then and then and then the and then the, uh, the, the 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 bottle is secondary to the wine. Okay, so so when you have it like that, so you so then that's a, that's a petty matter, the bottle, right? Compared to the wine, so Moshe had both. He had everything. Okay. So he's saying, Hashem just wants you to bring the vessel. That's it. So, so the, for others. But for us, that we don't have vessels, we are poor people. We're we're we 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 lack the vessels. So we say, oh, but for the vessel, I don't have any vessels. You're asking so much from me. It's true. It is very hard to get a vessel. But when you work, 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 and you and you make a vessel, and you come, and you get it gets filled up with this delicious, incredible stuff, you're gonna view the vessel as being secondary to that thing. So it means it's so it means from our perspective, Yerushalayim is a big thing. But from Moshe's true perspective, meaning when you actually have the vessel, then automatically is gonna get filled up with all those incredible things. And then, relative to those things, it is simply the the wrapping. It's, it's just it's just the vessel. It's just the container for those valuable things. Okay, so it's a facilitator. It's it's a, it's necessary for the sake of the other thing. That's what your your shemayim is. It allows for the relationship. We said this last time. Your shemayim is the context within which our relationship takes place with Hashem. If you don't have Yerushalayim, you're, talking to, you're not talking to Hashem, you're talking to somebody else. Right? I mean, you're dialing the wrong number. It's like, uh, to dial the number when you're calling, uh, you know, on your, whatever it is, you're going to have a very important business conversation, right? The dialing the correct number is a very small matter. But, if you don't dial the right number, then you talking to the wrong person right you call the you, you call the the pet shop right like guys i'm going to make the last offer for the for this transaction <laughs> you, you're talking to the wrong address right so your shamaim defines who we're talking to it defines the relationship now within that is all the incredible aspects of yiddishkeit but it starts with your shamaim but uh, Gaffer, was I like, give, give uh, your all the chance? Yeah, sorry, I know I came a little bit late. Um, but uh, just to, to clarify the, the, uh, how you define our relationship, what your Hashemayim is, it's, there's, there's Pachad and there's Yira Pachad, meaning like, like, a, like a fear. And, but Yira, if I came at the right time, if I understood correctly, it's just understanding our relationship in perspective to Hashem, the infinite giver. Uh, I would say yes, except for the fact, the fact that you threw in the word just. 
Not just, well, yeah, explain, because when you say just, yeah, 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 yeah. it mean, you, you may sound very intellectual. It's it ju just a recognition of that. But the truth is that if you actually recognize, this is what we spoke about last week, if you actually recognize, if you contemplate, if you introspect into what that means, that is trepidation, you know, that is the greatest trepidation we can imagine. Not not a yiras onish, not a fear of somebody beating us, but a awe in relation to someone, what's awe? Awe is when I'm in the presence of someone who's much better than me at something. Or, or if I'm dependent on that person on something. So if... So it's not an amazement. It's like, I mean, the relationships, like, it, they, they can vary, like... Again, we're not talking about Yiras Onish. We're not talking about, about the fear of punishment right now. We're talking about Yiras Romus or of greatness. Awe of, of Hashem's greatness. I I have to I I kind of lost you a little bit. Can we can we can we take a uh, can, can we can we have a private one after after Marv? Okay. Yeah. Um, I I do want to try to get to this, Geffen. If it's if it's a, if it's a, if it's a, if it's a uh, on the page. Yeah, defining the context of the relationship. Yes. If you're only able to fathom a finite amount, is the definition actually the best itself, or is the definition your Okay, now I'm confusing myself up. I lost. I had it. I had it nailed, and I lost. Okay. So when you get when you get it, let me know. Okay. So. Coming back to the analogy to, to the Gemara over here, right? So I tried to try to give you guys some of it, but the morale obviously will do a better job. Just now we can hear it in his words, hopefully. Uh, so the Gemara asked Akasha, Atu Yira Milsuzutrasa is all of Hashem a petty matter. Veha Eina Kolishborhu Bubez Gnazov Rak Yira Shemaim. Hashem has in his storage house only Yira Shemaim. What do, you, no, what do you mean? There's no, 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 all of our good deeds don't go into Hashem's storage houses. All of our, the Torah that we learn, all of the kind acts that we do, all of the middles that we change and you know transform, none of those uh, carry any value to Hashem. The only value is. The only value is. Uh, so, so the morale says no, no, no. What this means to say is, Ki shara dvarim 
Einam im Hashem legamri. Other good things that we do do not directly, directly, in the most direct sense possible, relate to Hashem. For example, take a lulav and you shake a lulav on Sukkot. You do a beautiful job. You 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 went. You worked so hard. You got this beautiful lulav, and and you did it all for the sake of heaven. And everything is very very good, right? But but you're talking about a lulav right now. The reason why you're doing the lulav is because Hashem commanded you it. But but you're shaking a lulav right now, right? Whereas Yira Shamaim, who is the subject of the Yira? Hashem. Okay? Whereas with the, whether it be the Lulu or even the Torah, like last time we spoke about the Chochmah and Yira have a, a, a lot of overlap. But we said last time Chochmah is like the lens through which I see Hashem, which is the Yira. Yira is the seeing of Hashem. Yeah? So still, even the Chochmah, I'm looking at the lens. But if I'm looking through the lens, I'm seeing the image coming at me from the, through the lens, that's Yira. So the Yira is literally the thing that is, in the most fundamental way, defining and talking about Hashem. All other mitzvahs of ours are contained within that. They are within the context of, I'm doing this mitzvah for Hashem. I'm learning the Torah of Hashem. It's not I'm shaking the lulab and now check the box. That's for sure. Right. That's you're, for sure you're not true. You're doing it because I have to do it. You're doing it because of, of your... That's true, but we're still saying that the lulu of itself is already a little, there's a little bit of a change of, of focus. I'm shaking the lulu of Hashem, so that's already a little bit not as straight looking as the part of, of Hashem. I mean, the, the lulu is like a two part thing the lulu of Hashem. So the of Hashem part, that's the yira. That Hashem takes in the closest way possible. The lulu is one step removed. Okay, we ran out of time, so uh, we'll have to do this again uh, next week. Are you guys available next week, Wednesday? Okay, so we'll have to do uh, part three.